Welcome to the Optimove podcast. On this episode, Jeffrey Guild sits down again with the joint whisperer, Peter Langlois, and it's a fun episode. They pull back the curtains and talk about the behind the scenes part of mobile physical therapy. This includes things like the importance of working with clients to create an individualized plan for them, as opposed to a one-size-fits-all kind of approach, which doesn't work nearly as well. It also includes how they think about pursuing outcomes for their clients and building a timeline of sessions that best helps them achieve those outcomes. A key insight on choosing outcomes to aim for is that it really depends on the priorities of the client. For example, they might physically be able to get back to walking around the block like they used to, but they also might not want to take the time away from the other parts of their lives that they enjoy, like their families, to do so. So it's about finding that balance between what can I get back to doing, but also what session plan fits into my daily life in a way that works for me. It's really great to shoot for the stars, but there's nothing wrong with staying here on Earth, too, if that's what the client wants. It was a very insightful conversation, and we hope you enjoy it. All right, today, so we're here with uh, our therapist, uh, Peter Langlois, uh, the, uh, AKA the Joint Whisperer, uh, because of what he's able to do with a lot of our clients uh, from a number of perspectives. And I think a lot of it is, you know, it's, it's solving a lot of those movement problems is basically what we do so people can get back to the life that they want to lead. Um, but a key to that, and you and I have talked about this a lot in the past, it's that individualized approach, it's that personalized approach, mm-hmm. it's addressing the root cause of the problem, uh, you know, three joints away, but it goes a lot deeper than that. Um, and you and I were talking about this recently and I think it's worth talking about individualized approach, personalized approach and trust. Uh, tell, tell us a little bit about that. Well, I mean, what we're doing is we we do a lot of in-home visits. Yeah. So we see a lot of people in their home. So the first thing you need to do is be able to develop that relationship. Uh, one, so they don't kick you out of the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you have to be able to build that trust in that relationship right off the bat. And it, it's, you know, pe- people pick up on that pretty quick, mm-hmm. whether or not they feel like they can trust you or not. Um, in whether it's over the phone or in person um, before you even get to the house. But we have to build that relationship first and build that trust level. And have them be able to say, look, um, this is this is where your problem is. And if you show them where and how the, the problem is affecting everything else. So if they're having a problem in their knee or their foot, you can kind of chase that back up the chain if it, if it is a... a if it is a, a posterior chain issue or something like that, you can show them where those issues are coming from and then be able to say, all right, here, here's a problem. I can show you this is where this is coming from. Mm-hmm. This is where this is coming from. And be able to say, if we tweak this, then we should be able to alleviate some of the symptoms. Or I'm trying to be generalized here, not very specific, right. because you know every everybody and every problem is is so unique that you really have to to really provide that personalized approach uh, to each each individual problem. It's a lot of individual problem solving, right? So and w- so we have a what we provide is a mobile service, right? That helps p- basically people build a move better uh, so that they can live their life again yeah. and get back to the things they want to do uh, and empower them to stay 
uh, active and independent in their home. Um, and then if they're doing more advanced things, getting back to tennis, getting back to golf, you know, wanting to, uh, be active and hike hills when they travel and things like that. Um, it's, it's all a similar concept. It's that one-on-one is that individualized approach. It starts off when we, even before we get to their home, Mm. It starts off the communication over the phone. Yeah, because we have to have that com- conversation mm. before you even, we even get there. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and so just even having that, that relationship and building that relationship over the phone and then being able to carry that over into into their home to be able to just be able to see them. Right. And then taking their, their individual problem, being able to assess it, see where things are see where some of the dysfunction is mm-hmm. or some of the issues are and be able to individually address those things for that one particular person. So it starts off, you know, we cannot take for granted that we're going to people's homes, place of business, maybe they're, yeah. their mother's house, yeah. their, their, their child's house. We've, we we've done, done that, that before. <laughs> we've done that before. It's wherever they want to meet, you know, meeting in parks, wherever it's wherever our yeah. clients want, wants to work with them. Um, and it, you ha- we have to respect that we're coming, they're coming into their world, their environment. Yeah. And that getting that buy-in at the beginning, showing that level of respect and trust. And, you know, we've, we hear these stories all the time, you know, and, with uh, with the home health system, we do hear about healthcare providers getting pick, kicked out of people's homes, and oh, yeah. th- and this is we hear this over and over again for a number of different reasons. Um, and of course, where we cannot take for granted that, of course, that that cannot happen, that could happen to us, and of course, we want to make sure that it doesn't, because if we break that trust, that's how that happens. Right. Um, and part of that is is just listening. Yeah. You know, this is, that's like the biggest skill as therapists, you know, mm-hmm. we, is we need to be able to listen, you know, we, God gave us two ears and one mouth, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> we got to start using our ears to be able to, to listen a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, so we, we got to be able to listen and, and be able to hear what the patient's telling us to be able to help solve their problem. Right. And they'll give us clues, maybe not right off. We may have to kind of pull it out of them a little bit Mm -hmm. (laughs) to find out exactly what's going on and how things are related. And, you know, getting some of those backstories, there's like, oh, that's why, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to put some of those pieces together to try to solve the puzzle that is that one individual person. Right. It's, I think that's a great point. It's the, a lot of times when we first meet somebody, uh, you know, what's wrong? Of course, you don't know the person. So mm-hmm. the answer tends to be superficial. Well, I don't walk really well. Okay. So why is that? And then, well, and then one and thing leads to another. And, that sho- get that shovel out to start uh-huh. digging. <laughs> find out why. Find out why. And it's really tuning into um, what are they really telling us? what do they really want to get back to doing is the other thing that that's another big part of this. It's not what we want them to get back to doing necessarily. We might have some ideas, but it's really about what they want. It's what it's about what their family wants. It's not what it's not about what the, um, about what Medicare wants or some third party payer wants. It's what do our clients want? And that's the biggest difference, right? Because you know, a lot of 
you know, in the healthcare system, they just want you to get back to, you know, that next level of care, whatever that might be. So whether it's, you know, whether it's getting out of the hospital, whether it's getting, you know, back into your home or getting, Mm -hmm. you know, out of the facility and back into your home or being able to walk in your home again, whatever, whatever that next level is, that's all they really care about, really. And then hand off to the next level of healthcare and provider, it, and just hand it on up. Yep. Or say, okay, we're we're good. Um, but that's kind of very un- we're very unique like that to be able to say we're going to take you through this whole process mm-hmm. and be able to care and get you to what you want and make it very individ- very individualistic and appropriate for them. Right. You know, because we're. Uh, to be able to take that time and the care and the patience to be able to say, all right, see where the problem is. We're here. Mm-hmm. And to be able to lay that specific track out to whatever their specific problem is and then just lay that track out for them. You're here and we're, we want to get you back to here because this is where you want to be. This is where, this is where you were said you want to get back to mm-hmm. and we got to follow this path. And work on these things in order to get to this point. They have a specific outcome oftentimes that they have in their mind that they want to get back to doing. And it's building that trust, the listening, the initial buy-in. And so then it's also, we have the whole journey, but we also want some quick victories as well, right? Sure. I mean, and that's that's a huge help to get that buy-in. Right. You want the patient to be able to say, I see what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. I understand what he's talking about. I'm on board with what he's saying. I'm going to do what I need to do in order to get to my goal. Right. Right. And ultimately, that's kind of what we're, we're, we're after. And how are we going to get to that point is being able to lay, lay out those foundations, show them that we can get make that progress. Mm-hmm. whether that small win, if you will, mm-hmm. and to try to get to the end, to the end result. Cause a lot of times people don't see that journey or what it looks like. Mm-hmm. They don't really know where they're, where they're going. They're kind of walking in the dark, right? Uh, you know, it's, it's, I also think that some people just don't realize what they want until they're asked. Mm-hmm. Right. And it takes a longer conversation. Right. If, and that's you, hence what we do. Right. You know, it's, you, you think about that, you know, college kid after, you know, c- that college grad, actually perfect timing because a lot of them are time. graduating right about this time anyway. Uh-huh. So it's like, what do you want to do after graduation? Uh, <laughs> because they're, they're not really sure. They want, they have a degree. They want to be able to use it, but maybe they use it, maybe they don't. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're, you they don't know. And that's the same thing here. Right? They have these goals, but they maybe really don't know. Or know what's possible. I think, and that's true with a lot of our clients. You know, they think, okay, I'm a, I'm of a certain age. Uh, I have a certain diagnosis. Um, yes. What, what can I really get back to doing? What can I achieve in my life at this point? Is it, or am I just for the rest of my life, I'm just going to be this way. And, you know, my, my doctor says this, I've been told by, uh, physical therapists this, but that's also in the traditional model of things. Mm -hmm. But when you go beyond the traditional model and we're able to think beyond that and we're able to 
to say, okay, what do you really want to get back to doing? If you could, you know, close to realistically as you can think, okay, what could I get back to doing? What would you like to do? And then, okay. So now we know what that might look like. And oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes we're able to empower people to get back to things that they have not done in five or 10 years, a lot of times or beyond. Um, and because of that consistent work over time, how do you address that with your, with your clients uh, at the beginning? Well, I mean like, cause you're always going to get those clients that are like, Oh, I'm too old for this. Right. How do, how do you address that? I think it's, um, trying to peel that back. However possible with the thoughts that we have in our mind as to why it's, a, why they can't do it. Mm-hmm. Right. So if they're, you know, let's, let's say they're, they're 90 years old. Yeah. Right. And they want to be able to, uh, walk by themselves outside again without mm-hmm. anybody else. Right. So, and they might not think that's realistic and to be able to do it safely, but that's something that they would like to do. It's kind of a, more of a dream. Um, so then, okay. Um, it takes a while to build that back. Right. <laughs> and to really get that, get that out of people, what Absolutely. they really want in their life is just, just like the college grad. Well, what, what do you really want to do? And it takes that listening Sometimes it takes that silence, mm-hmm. allowing people to get that information out, empowering people to be able to just stir in their mind a little bit. What do I really want? And then once we kind of start bringing out what they really want to do in their life, then we know what journey that might go on. Right. And then we know what, okay, what initial victory can we get? And then what might that journey look like? And then what is the likelihood of that? happening what are some of the barriers that might get in the way um and uh, biggest thing and how, how often do we see this right and the the biggest thing there is is realizing how are you going to be able to overcome their frustration of where they are right now mm-hmm. to be able to get to them to be able to get and reach those goals that they really want right and that's like the hardest thing sometimes to be able to overcome their own inhibitions about what they can and cannot do and their own preconceived notions of what they can and cannot do because a lot of times they haven't done in so long and are frustrated Mm -hmm. because they haven't done much of anything sometimes in some cases in so long to be able to get them down to this unrealistic path right to for them you know but they're really thinking that this is completely unrealistic but it's it's really not uh, you're just going to take some time and some patience and some dedication to be able to get there. Uh, but, and a lot of cases we've been able to, we've been able to, do we've that. been able to, to really, really do that. And which has been phenomenal as a, from a therapist perspective is like one of the most gratifying things ever. It really isn't. It, I think of one of our clients who was a year out after a stroke, right? Uh, the right side of her body basically was would not work um she couldn't speak very well after her stroke it took more than 85 percent of my effort just to get her to stand up and this is a year after a stroke so then the -hmm. traditional thought is you're out of that phase or you're out of that window of opportunity to for the nervous system to be able to recover um and so a lot of people asked what can be done in this case and it's we're not a hundred percent sure off sometimes in this sort of a situation because the traditional healthcare model doesn't look at a year after a stroke and then say, okay, with consistency over time, given the right stimulation, what can this person be able to do in their life? 
And the reality is, so then we're looking at, uh, was it a year and a half, two years later, and the same person is just the other day, walked down an entire hallway using a little half walker, and she's walking the full length of the hallway when the previous uh, idea is nothing can be really done this far out after a stroke. Maybe yep. they'll be moved from point A to point B a little bit better, but are they going to be able to walk again? Can their, can that right side actually work again and be able to recover a year after a stroke for someone who's over the age of 70? Um, but again, it's that individualized approach. It's what's really limiting uh, our client from walking and how can we empower her to get back and um, of course, she's incredible hard workers and she's got great family support and all those things help. And it's that consistency. It's that persistence. And I think when our clients have that, when it's they have that only, persistence, it, it, amazing it, things that they're able to accomplish. And it's not only their persistence of the patient, but it's our persistence as well to not give up on them. Right. 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 Because in so many cases that in so many cases, they, they're, they're one, they're either they want to give up or the healthcare system is giving up on them. Usually the healthcare system. And I think that's the frustration that you and I have always experienced. It kind of, you know, it depends. It's, it it goes either way. Um, but we're both sometimes, both sometimes, (laughs) you know, and it's like not being, having the, that persistence and that drive and the patience to be able to keep, to keep working at it. Mm Mm-hmm. It definitely, definitely pays off. Absolutely. And it, it's just so unbelievably rewarding at the end. It is. I think that's one of the benefits to our therapists, right? You know, it's empowering them to be the best version of themselves so that we can work with our clients the way that we want to, the way we were trained to. And for the reason that we went into healthcare to begin with, we get to be able to do that, right? And that's that's very exciting. And it, it's exciting to see just the delight uh, mm-hmm. with, with all of our therapists, when we get that person who went from not being able to move very well at all, lying in bed, I'll, I'll give another example of a lady who was completely bed bound, could not even sit on the edge of the bed, was on hospice. And just the other day she walked, she stepped into a car mm-hmm. so that she yeah, could she, get out uh, in the community with her, with her son. Yep. She walked down, she was walking more than 50 feet and walked, uh, did one step and, you know, walked into the car. It's incredible. I mean, that's enough to be able to get into a car, walk 50 feet with a walker. That means she can, you know, park in a, a short distance away from a restaurant, walk into a restaurant yep. and to be able to enjoy her fam- uh, enjoy time with her family. And this person was previously bed bound, unable to even sit on the edge of the bed without being terrified was classified as on hospice. And that's where she is now. That family support, that consistency, that persistence with her family, with herself. Um, and then us not giving up on her, the health and then, uh, to her, the support from her other healthcare providers, Mm -hmm. them giving the support as well. And then working as a team collaboratively, uh, to be able to empower her to get to that level, uh, that's, there's, that's the key right there. Oh, some phenomenal healthcare providers because, out there that it, are a big part of this. Because it's a kind of like a trickle down effect, right? You're, yeah. you're empowering us to be the best versions of ourselves, so that we can empower our patients to be the best versions of themselves. Right. Because, you know, cause that's, that's going back to how their goals, right. And what they want mm-hmm. and to be able to get them back to 
you know, whatever it is that they, they want to get back to, whether it's walking or skiing or tennis or whatever activity they want to be able to get back to, you know, for that patient to be able to get out of bed and get into the car so she can go and get ice cream with her son, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, whatever the case might be. It's just those little details are just, it's so rewarding to be able to have that individual approach for that person that specific plan, that you know, that persistence to be able to help, and that care, that tr- building that trust for them to trust to to or have them trust us for us to get them to where they want to be at the end, mm-hmm. and that all starts right at the phone for very first phone call, mm-hmm. the first walk in from you know when we when we get to meet them, that all the way through. Right, because mm-hmm. you're building that relationship from the first phone call all the way through, and it's a really remarkable process. It really is. It is. It's a lot of fun. On the other end of this are the clients who, and I see, I see this more with people over the age of ninety. There's there are certain realities once you once we get to that age uh, sure. demographic, right? Sometimes we as a therapist or we as the person under the age of, let's say 50, whatever has ideas of what someone can accomplish. But sometimes the client may think, yeah, that sounds nice, but how much time do I want to put into this? How much energy do I really have? How much time do I want to take away from, everything else going on in my life. I can really only do one or two things a day at this point. And I, we see that pretty consistently with people over the age of 90. There's a lot more pacing of themselves that has to be done. Even our more physically active, um, very independent people, there's a certain le- certain level of pacing that has to be done. And that's a reality. It's also recognizing that and being able to kind of step back and listen And the response might be, you know, it's not important to me to be able to walk around the block again, like I did three years ago. We know that they could do it again physically. The question is how much time, energy, effort, risk, all those things put together. Or I just want to stay where I'm at. We've gotten to the point where we're at a good spot now. My balance is doing very well. I'm not falling. I'm independent in my home. I'm not using a cane or a walker. I'm very happy with where I am right now. And so I'm, I'm fine with being able to go out with family, mm-hmm. uh, be able to go for walks with family. Um, it's not as important to me as it was to walk around my neighborhood by myself. And it's us as the healthcare, the younger healthcare provider, who's not, doesn't have their body, doesn't have, hasn't gone through what they've gone through, um, to be able to say, you know, I hear you. So we'll focus on these things because this is what you really want. Sometimes they like to shoot for the moon. Like we like to shoot for the moon with them. Sometimes it's let's, let's stay, let's stay really good here on earth. Yeah. And let's be happy with that. Right. And then, but not only that, but sometimes, you know, they want to be able to just take it a little bit at a time. Right. Yeah. 
And so instead of trying to, and it's easier for them to keep on track if they're meeting little goals. Yeah. Right. That's a good point. So, you know, if they're, I was like, well, I like to get to here, but let's just for, focus on this little, little goal right here. Yeah. Let me just work on being able to, to stand. Okay. Well, let me mm-hmm. just work on, uh, my balance before I go walk around a block. Let me go and, you know, have the, this little thing I'm going to work on and then I'll get to this big thing down the road mm-hmm. because, you know, just like your, your puzzle pieces to, for your body to put, mm-hmm. put them together. Sometimes you got to do the small little goals to kind of put that together for the big goal. And it can happen at the beginning, like we talked about previously. And the more, the, I'll say the older and more complex a person becomes, the more we might have to bring this back throughout that you've had a setback. You, uh, they'll, you get sick, went to the hospital, came back, had an illness, uh, got pulled into graduations. And so you've got an off track with your exercises and then, uh, you know, three, four weeks of not working on strengthening the legs or balance and getting, focusing on other things in life. And all of a sudden I used to be able to stand up from a chair without using my hands. And that took me quite a while to be able to do. Now I have to press my hands into the chair again. So my my strength has clearly gone down. So now I have to build back up to, I wanted to get back to where I was before, before all these graduations happened. Mm -hmm. And I got pulled away doing all these other things, which of course they will not give up for anything and, and they shouldn't. And, And of course the magic is, um, it doesn't take nearly as long to build back up. No. Once you've gotten there, yeah. it takes a lot longer to build up to that point. But then once you get there, if you have a setback or you go for a time where you can't work on it as much, it doesn't take nearly as long as to build back up. That muscle memory is there. Yeah. The nervous system knows what to do. The muscles are are more ready uh, and people are able to get back to things that they were able to do very well. Um, even if there's a setback, even if there's a distraction, even if, a, uh, they're not as focused as they once were. We see that a lot, um, with our, a lot of our clients just because, you know, there's usually more than one or two or <laughs> sometimes even more than three things going on mm-hmm. at the same time. Right. So, you know, in some cases, you know, you're, you're treating one thing and then one or, or C, B and C kind of flare up on you <laughs> right? as you're trying to cheat this one thing. It's like, all right, well, let's kind of put that aside so we can, you know, just calm the, the flare ups down so we can go back to it. And there were, or, you know, you may have to kind of play this chess game mm-hmm. about which one you might, which one am I going to do first and not flare up something else. Back to that personalized, individualized approach. It's, it's very strategic in order to get people back to the things that they want to do. We have to think about how is this affecting this and how is this affecting this? If we go this route, how is that going to affect this? And that's, that's true for elite athletes. It's true for the general public. It's true for, for our older clients. Um, and, uh, there's no difference. And back to shooting for the moon, we have other situations where, where people are able to get back, to things that they have not done 
in years, <laughs> decades. Um, sometimes it's been a problem that's been going on nearly their whole adult life. But just looking at it, like this, this is solvable. Uh, I had one lady who hasn't, who was, did not look up. She over the, she's about 92 years old. She hadn't looked up in 60 years because of a car accident. Right. And then address the right thing, address the right problem. Now she's able to look up again. And this is a true story, right? It's little things like that that can make a big difference in people's lives. And just to your point, Peter, it's the the really listening, the tuning in, allowing them to get out what they want to get back to doing. What happened along that journey of your life that resulted in this problem, this problem, this problem that uh, with your movement, with your life, that you kind of thought that, well, that's just the way things are now. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing once you start peeling away that onion, okay, how many of those things do we have to accept? Or how many of those things can we say, actually, we might be able to address this. Yep. And, and it goes back to that buy-in, that trust, and that listening. And how do you get there? Mm-hmm. Right? And that's the hardest part sometimes. And just being able to get to that point. Right. And for them to be able to maintain that vision over the long term, despite the bumps, despite the hurdles, despite the obstacles. And this isn't just our clients. This is, this is, we're all human. It can be difficult to look over the long term and to be able to overcome those obstacles when things get hard or when we can kind of lose sight of that original vision that we wanted to achieve. And then having that coaching, shall we say, to bring us back or to say, okay, here's where you were. Here's what you were doing. Now here's what you're doing. So to sh- here's your progress up to this point. And so here's the rest of the journey. And so it's coaching as well. Well, and that kind of goes to, you know, uh, being able to lay out that timeline right from the beginning, right? Yeah. So you can show them this is where they're where we are. This is where this is where we were. This is where we started from. This is where we are, and this is where we're going. And so you can show them along that kind of timeline of where where they are and what they're what we, they've done in the past, because a lot of people don't realize what they've already accomplished in order to be working towards those goals. Mm-hmm. And that, that's you know as the fun and exciting thing, but it's also can be very frustrating. <laughs> it's like you've come all this way already. Yeah. You know, you're so close to what you really want, you know, so don't give up. On, don't give up now mm-hmm. because you've been making a lot of progress. Right. You know, and that's just the biggest, biggest takeaway is just um, being able to uh, provide them with that, with that hope. Mm-hmm. Right. To not to give up. Yeah. And uh, that's, I think that's the biggest takeaway of, of anything really. That persistency, that grit, that the tenacity, um, no matter how much, even if you don't have much energy, right? And it doesn't, it doesn't have to take a whole ton of energy. It can sound overwhelming, uh, especially if you don't have a ton of energy anymore. You can only do really one or two things a day as a Mm -hmm. lot of times our clients can only do, but that also makes you focused better. It makes you a better planner. And we find, we see that with a lot of our, with our clients, they really have gotten good at planning their day, strategizing their day, 
strategizing their week, their month, because the, uh, the lack of energy or whatever the barrier is, is a reality to them. And they really get good at, at dealing with that. And so you can accomplish a lot of things with a lot less effort by knowing how to plan. And then of course they teach us all the time, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> every single, yeah, every single session we work with our clients, I think we learn something. Um, well, if whether you're not learning, fit, then, you know, what's the point? <laughs> whether it's about, you know, the, the physical part and the actual, you know, uh, rehab part or about life. Cause you know, the, of course, um, our, our clients tell us stories all the time. They teach us things all the time sure. and they have so much to share and to, and to teach. Um, they're coaching us sometimes, right? So, <laughs> and that's part of the fun of, of, uh, working in, in this model is part of the listening is you we get to be coached by our clients as well sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it's a lot, it's a pleasure. So, um, so what else, what, what are we missing? I think that's it boss. Okay. Phenomenal. So personalized individualized approach, yeah. the listening, the, the time and what do they want to get back to doing? Not what we want them to do. Not what, not even what their children want them to do. That can be a part of it mm-hmm. or their parent for that matter. And just kind of laying out that, those possibilities, laying out those possibilities. What does that journey look like? Here's what, the, here's the potholes in the way journey look like. Exactly. Being able to lay everything out. I think we're able to do that one. I mean, we've been doing, we've worked in the traditional healthcare system. We've seen a lot, but also working in this model, we've seen a lot of our clients go through that process. So we've, we've seen it before Mm -hmm. and we know what it looks like when we go down uh, that path. Yep. Um, And we can think of several examples of clients similar to whoever we're talking to. And so we're able to say, yep, we've seen it, seen it (laughs) every day, every day we've, we've seen this. Um, and that's the, that's the exciting part as well. So that way people are able to, you know, get what they want to get back in their life, their mobility, their independence, and, um, what type of life do they want? And uh, in a lot of ways, it's a lot of it is up to them. Not always, but a lot of times it's, it's up to them. Right. And it's our, just our, it's our job to just to facilitate that. And I try to do, do facilitate that at the easiest possible level yep. and kind of build it from there. Yep. Phenomenal. All right. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Peter. Appreciate it. All right. Have a good one. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Hey, everybody. This is the producer, Anmar, here. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. If you want to subscribe to the Optimove podcast, head to www.podcast.optimovedfw.com. That's where you'll find links to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Once again, that's www.podcast.optimovedfw.com. To learn more about Optimove, our practice, go to www.optimovedfw.com. And lastly, if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, give us a call at 214-712-8242. That's 214-712-8242. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode.